It's taken to teasing the less fortunate. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a noticeable change in both clothing and demeanour. Yes. And, well, otherwise all his spare time spent lounging about with imbecile. It's bad, isn't it? It's devastating. He's turned into a 16-year-old boy. Of course, you'll have to kill him. Giles, I'm serious. So am I. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jim Was Cancelled, a Buffy podcast. I am Jess. And I am Stosh. And today we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season one, episode six, The Pack. The Pack. Before we get started, I want to go ahead and go through any clarifications or corrections that we want to address. Stosh, do you have any? Uh, I do not, know. Okay. I have one that I want to just kind of say on the recording last episode, we had my sister on and she and I debated heavily on whether or not our parents had cell phones back in 1997. And I texted both of them and overnight they replied, which wasn't helpful for the episode, but I did get confirmation that they did in fact both have cell phones in 1997. And funny enough, my coworkers actually ended up having a icebreaker conversation where they talked about like, when did you get your first cell phone? And half of my team were adults in 1997 and they also were split about 50-50 on who had cell phones and who didn't. So cell phones were around in 1997 and they were relatively common, but Giles obviously wouldn't have one. Yeah, I don't know. If you say they were split, I don't know if I'd say they were relatively common, but I feel like that's more of like kind of a split, you know, it could be a hit or miss, not like it was a few years later. Like I also texted my dad. Right. And he said that he didn't have his until the early 2000s. Right. So for some people they had them, but I think a lot of people who had office style jobs might have had them. I don't know. My dad had an office style job back then. Yeah. Well, I don't know then. And like I said, I mean, it was definitely not as common as it is today to the point where like seven-year-olds have one. So either way, (laughs) I guess I feel like that makes it so it wasn't notable that Giles didn't have one because it feels like it could have gone either way. Yeah, I guess. All right. And with that, do you want to get into the episode summary? Yeah, we can do that. So this episode was called The Pack. And as we discussed in last episode, it has to do with hyenas and not werewolves though that would have been a great prediction. With this episode, we open up and it's zoo day and they're on a field trip and they're visiting the zoo. There's some jerk kids. The only one whose name we get is Kyle. So we're going to call them Kyle and his friends. Random jerks. Yeah, just some random jerks that I guess every school has. And they're not as cool as they think they are. <laughs> they're really, which bothered me. Really not like, as cool as the they thought they The second they were. walked on screen, I was like, these guys think they're awesome and they are not. Yeah, they really, really are not. And also Buffy was checking out the fish and fish are fucking gross so i was upset by that she was unimpressed by the fish if you can recall but willow (laughs) but willow and xander give her a whole new outlook on her day because she was feeling a little bit apathetic about being at the zoo big whoop as far as buffy's concerned but willow and xander point out that what this means is that they're not in class and buffy's like suddenly all of the animals look shiny and new yeah when they said that i wrote down as though buffy actually ever goes to class (laughs) That's why she didn't care. You're not wrong, I guess. I did notice in a couple of episodes, Willow has been like, Xander, we need to get to class. And Buffy is nowhere to be seen. (laughs) I haven't noticed that. I mean, it wasn't. makes sense. Yeah. But so then they pick on Lance and. Real quick. You called them 
Kyle and his friends. Yeah. In my notes, I just referred to them as the suckwads. <laughs> I mean, that's also applicable, I guess. But so they drag Lance into the hyena house where it says absolutely no admittance. And Xander follows them to tell them to cut it out. And then Buffy and Willow go to follow. And the zookeeper comes in and says, those are hyenas fresh from Africa and they're in quarantine. So no one's allowed in there. And they'd be in a lot of trouble if they got in there. And so Willow and Buffy were like, oh, no one's in there. And so then Xander and the kids who are jerks all get magicked. And they're very obvious about the fact that they got magicked by the hyena. I feel like Buffy and Willow should have just been like, well, our friends are in there or we know some kids went in there. You should go get them. I mean, maybe, but they like, didn't want... I get they didn't want Lance and uh, Xander. Xander to get in trouble, but I mean, there's a reason they're being quarantined. Like, that's actual dangerous shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in theory, like, she couldn't have known it was magical, but like, especially because there's a point where they like tried to throw Lance into the hyenas. Like, right. if they had some medical shit that they needed to be quarantined from, that would have actually caused a real problem. Yeah, I agree with you, but that doesn't happen. I mean, happen. I know snitches get stitches, but... <laughs> but that doesn't happen. And Xander and the jerks get magicked, and then it zooms out, and we see some writing on the floor, and then cut to Willow and Buffy at the bronze, and we finally hear Willow and Buffy discussing her massive crush on Xander, and then there's just a little bit of angel talk in there, and then Xander shows up, and he's being creepy and weird, but at least for this episode, he has a reason. <laughs> well, here's the thing, is like, it was a little more abrasive than normal, but didn't really feel out of character. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, which was a bummer for me because I was like, oh, they made him a hero for one half of a second. <laughs> To give him a reason to be a dick this episode <laughs> when he could have just been a dick. Yeah, I guess. Also, I'm not a fan of the idea of Willow and Xander together. Yeah. I don't think they'll get together because he's so hung up on Buffy, but... You're not a fan of the, the no. Willow and Xander train? That's okay. I don't see what she gets to see in him. <laughs> he's the only boy that talks to her. Well... Sometimes that's enough when enough. you're a I can relate girl. to that, I guess. <laughs> but so then, that's really all that I feel like happens at the bronze. Do you feel like... I'm missing anything from that scene. Describing Angel as the older man that she has the leather jacket of felt gross. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I have to just accept that because I agree with you on a really high level, as we discussed in the Teacher's Pet episode. But at the same time, like... I'm so into Angel that like I was like it's fine when it really isn't because they called him older but like I mean once again I assume he's a vampire or something so he's probably thousands of years old or something stupid but I don't know what we're supposed to think that age gap is right well yeah because like obviously it hasn't said what he is if anything he could be a human but older man is vague enough yeah because she's supposed to be 16 16 mm -hmm. so it's hard because it's like obviously he's not going to school with them but so is he like 18 and fresh out of high school is he 19 like 23 yeah 23 <laughs> 23 is really gross so i see where you're coming from and agree with you well and it's also hard to know because the actors i looked up their ages and sarah michelle geller was 20 in 1997 allison hannigan was 23 and david boreanaz was 28 so yeah, that makes him eight years older than sarah michelle geller yeah so yeah that's gross if they're playing people four years younger than them he'd be 24 and she'd be 16 although i think he's supposed to be like 20 21 looking yeah i mean and he looks i mean if she's 20 and supposed to be 16 looking so. yeah he looks super super young 
to also, me in 1997 because he looks Jesus. like a baby, but well, in I comparison. I'm not used to seeing him all grown up, so. Um, well, also, if you go by my half plus seven rule, the acceptable gap gets bigger as you get older, right? Yeah, well, and just for clarification, Charisma Carpenter is 27 during season one of Jesus Buffy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so. She's also supposed to be 16. She's also supposed to be 16. I, mean, I believe that they're all around the same age. Yeah. I actually think Allison Hannigan looks the youngest of the three. Yeah. So it's interesting to learn she's not. Yeah, they dress her up super young, I think, like making her look younger, especially in this first season. But she's also supposed to be 16, right? Yeah. She's just a little bit naive, I think, supposedly. I don't even want to say that she's more immature, but she's just less worldly. I think part of it is like they want her to be a character that's like less charismatic. Like as an actress, she's not less charismatic, I don't think. But the character she's playing is, so I think that plays a role into it. Yeah, she's more awkward, so yeah, no. Angel being an older guy, like, and when I was watching Buffy, I was like 12 or 13, and in my brain, it was okay. It was totally okay for a 16-year-old to be with a 20-year-old. I didn't well, yeah, understand that. Well, yeah, a 16-year-old watching this show, it'd be okay. Yeah. Like, I knew people in high school that were dating older people out of high school, and like, it seemed totally normal at the time to everyone involved. Yeah. And then as I got older and looked back, that's when I was like, probably shouldn't have been cool with that. Yeah. But other that's... people shouldn't have been cool with that. Yeah. But that's why I was like, so into Angel, and I was like, it's fine because he's not that much older than her in my head when like, no, it wasn't fine. It was the same thing as Miss French hitting on Xander. A little, no, I take that back. It's a little bit different because Miss French was a teacher and he's not her teacher. Right. Um, so he's not in a state of authority over her, but still it's gross. Sorry, I didn't mean to send you on that whole tangent. I just, <laughs> no, they brought I, it up. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel bad because even now, like I didn't notice that. I didn't think about that when I was watching this episode and yet like. Well, because it's a dynamic you're used to yeah so you don't think about it yeah I don't think about it but it's still wrong so I'm acknowledging that that is a double standard on my part and I am going to get better (laughs) especially because you specifically said you don't like age gaps I am a little more forgiving on them yeah I don't Once again the older people get the bigger of an age gap I think is fine yes and I know other people disagree with me on that yes no I don't like significant age gaps I agree with you wholeheartedly that, like, honestly, I think if you're both over the age of 22, 23, then, like, 20 years apart, I don't care. You know, I will maybe think it's a little weird, but, you know. I mean, two consenting adults know what they're getting out of their own relationship, right? Or yeah. they should. Yeah, well, and I think and that... it's it... not for us to judge unless we're a part of a person's life and know that there's a problem there if there is one. Yeah, well, like, an example is when I was, like, 22, I was asked out on a date by a 36-year-old man who I considered saying yes to but the age gap made me really uncomfortable but I was considering it until I was mentioning it to my dad and he mentioned that that's the same age his wife was at the time but like the idea of dating someone who was the same age as my stepmom made me really uncomfortable but he was really nice and that was one of the reasons why I considered it so here's the thing on that is you were uncomfortable with it and you chose to say no right if you weren't uncomfortable with it despite whatever your dad said and chose to say yes I think to anyone on the outside looking in that would still be okay yeah and I agree because you were the one in control of that choice. That's what matters. Right. And I really, really think, especially because of this podcast, I really want to emphasize the fact that like, I'm not judging anyone who has a large age gap from their significant other. I don't think that your relationship is automatically doomed to fail or that you're terrible people or that the older person is super gross. The only time I think it's gross is when it's a child person, which I I mean, mean, I usually go by the rule of 18 just because that's what society has deemed an adult. I understand 
people feeling like 18's not quite old enough to actually be making your own decisions. I don't subscribe to that idea, but I understand it. Yeah. So other than Angel being older, anything else about the bronze scene? Before anything was revealed, I wrote down, what the fuck is this curse? Like, what do the hyenas get out (laughs) of these other humans becoming hyena? Like, And that kind of gets touched on later, but it's a thing I was wondering about during this scene, which is why... Yeah. I bring it up now. Then we cut to Buffy beating the crap out of Giles in the library. I didn't have any notes on that scene. No? No, I forgot that happened. She was like beating the crap out of him and he was like, yeah, okay, he... good. And then she was like, I could go a little more. And he was like, no, go to class. Because he needed his arms to rest. <laughs> He's like, I need to get feeling back in my body. So that cracked me up a little bit. specifically. Did he say arms? Yeah. I'll believe you. Um, Only because I wrote something down when that scene started. So I didn't see what the actual exercise was. So when he said my arms, I had to picture in my head what they were doing instead of rewinding it like a normal human being then we cut to buffy in the hallway and all of a sudden she catches this pig that's dressed up and we meet herbert my new favorite character of the whole show (laughs) i love herbert i got in my notes his name in all caps with a hard eye face i love herbert That's all we need to know about this scene. All right. We find out that the pig is afraid of Xander as they walk into the school. Then we cut to gym class where we find out that Xander is officially a bully and a dick. I put that in all caps because that's when he is really mean to Willow. Just when he just targets her? Well, he targets her and then 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 directly after gym is when Um, he calls him out in the I guess I was thinking of those separate scenes. Yeah. I guess I put them in the same for my notes, but... Because the dodgeball scene was such a uniquely, like cinematic thing for this show. It was really well shot and like the story of what happened was so clear despite there being no words and I really liked that aspect of it from like a screenwriting perspective. I was really impressed with how they did that scene and I think it went really well. Yeah. But at the same time, the story they're telling, I was like, what the fuck? Because it was like (laughs) clearly the story of Xander changing sides and targeting his friends. But the part where like there's just Buffy left and they all stop attacking her and they turn on Lance on their team and like and the gym teacher's just cool with it yeah well and I was just like there's no reason to do that like this scene does not fit in reality even with the curse that they're dealing with yeah I can agree with you on that so like it was really a stupid story that was really well told well yeah and I guess you know to your point it was a very well choreographed scene and it was a beautiful yeah well and just like the facial acting and the music and the tension it was really good it like it reminded me of I don't remember what episode it was but there was an episode of The Mandalorian that had almost no words in it Interesting. and told like a complete story I think it might have just been episode 2 of the first season like they, there's a conversation between Mando and Quill in there but other than that like the first like half of the episode is just Mando with Grogu bonding essentially yeah. over murder. Yeah. Um. And then there is a scene in the hallway where Xander is a complete jerk to Willow and just super cruel to the point where like it's almost unforgivable. Even though I knew that he was like under a spell, I was like, you no, he well, piece of trash. <laughs> I I got the vibe then and from the end that it was definitely like it removed his filter. Right. It didn't feel like it was actually a different person it just felt like he was more aggressive about the things he felt yeah and his diet but i don't know we'll get into that during the analysis portion i think but he was just he was was a real jerk jerk to willow to the point where i wanted to punch him in the throat and then they eat herbert i was very upset i'm sure you were that was because then they came out to jobs eyes by far Jobs Eyes by Far, is that the song? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> far is the band, Jobs Eyes is the song. Okay. Yeah, and... And I wrote down, ain't no way they ate that pig. <laughs> They're all clean. <laughs> 
hyenas are clean creatures, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. There's just, you ain't eating a fucking raw pig and not making a mess all over yourself and everything. I mean, you're not wrong. But as much as I was in denial, I knew what had happened. Yeah. And then Buffy figures out what's going on. She has to tell Giles what's going on. I really liked that. that. Yeah. Because it called back to the last episode where there was that symbol and Giles didn't know what it was and Buffy like showed him. Mm-hmm. But it was done in such a better way. And it was something that I think it's reasonable for Giles to not know about. This is like random cult magic from cult doesn't sound right, but it's like shamanistic magic from Africa mm-hmm. that like does not play into what he would have researched as a watcher. Mm hmm. So I liked that he didn't know and was able to find out with his skills as a watcher. But it felt reasonable that she was just like, no, I know what the fuck is going on right now. And she was right. And he was like, you're insane. I don't know that I would say he was like, you're insane. But he definitely was like, you're being a silly young girl. And she was like, nope, I know what I'm talking about. And then when she goes to confront Xander, Xander has a really inappropriate dark scene while Kyle and friends eat the principal. Yeah. (laughs) The climax of this episode was so uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. I almost want to gloss over that scene, but we shouldn't. No, we absolutely shouldn't. That's, I think, flies in the face of what this podcast is for. Yeah, no, that was a really, really rough scene for me to watch as an adult. It was rough for me to watch, too. I don't know that I fully understood what was happening when I was younger watching that scene, which is terrifying to think about because you want kids to be aware of things like that. Not, no, I take that back. I feel like it was important for me to be aware as a teenager of things like that being possible, but I just wasn't. And it blows my mind now as an adult watching that scene and not being like, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't have the frame reference of having watched it as a kid, but it was... Because I definitely... They didn't shy away from what they were talking about. Yeah, because I definitely was like, oh, Buffy's confronting Xander here because they don't want him to be a cannibal. And so they're giving him an out. But really, they're not giving him an out. They're giving him an alternate horrifying action. I mean, I think part of that's true. It's just... They just gave him something, I don't want to say equally horrifying, because murder is, murder and cannibalism is like... I mean, it's hard to compare, but they're both horrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) exactly. That's, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like his wasn't absolutely terrible. No, both of them were absolutely terrible. Wasn't murder, I guess. Yeah, and it's interesting to me. I almost wonder if the showrunners didn't realize what they were doing because Buffy glosses over it in a way that they don't gloss over with the principal. And I think that's why, as a kid, it didn't register to me that that was really, really horrifying because Um, it's never discussed. I think that part of that is Buffy herself choosing to believe that her friend was normally do that. Yeah, was under the influence of something, making him do something terrible and that he would never do that. And it was a horrible experience for her, obviously. But you can't do the same thing with the murder and cannibalization of the principal because that man is now dead. Right. Like, well, you can't... Xander didn't succeed, whereas his friends did. That's correct. And it doesn't I, make the, it, it doesn't it make what it, Xander did better. No, no, it doesn't. It puts the context of the idea that they can gloss over it. It just feels gross. 
I agree with you. That's why I'm saying is I have a hard time with yeah. the fact that Buffy just glossed over it and got well, past it. Yeah, I know. I know. I also kind of wonder if from a story perspective, not from a writing perspective, it was easier for Buffy. No. But I think the showrunner should have had an extra like couple minutes where she's in that room by herself with him knocked out coming to terms with what just almost happened before she just dragged him into the library and glossed over it with Willow and didn't like really talk about what happened. And then after that, Buffy and Giles go to the zoo and they confront the zookeeper and talk to him about everything. He's semi-knowledgeable about it or so they think. And then the other kids find Xander and Willow and chase her and she locks herself into her room and then Xander attacks her and Buffy comes and saves her from him. Did you have any other comments on that? Yes, I did, actually. Okay, go um, ahead. That, weirdly enough, was actually my favorite scene in this episode. When Willow runs from Xander in the pack and they chase right. her into that room. Before the pack shows up, when Xander's sitting there trying to talk to her. Oh, yeah. And first off, I was like, you know it's not Xander because he's not that clever. But um, And Willow's clever. And, and Willow's so clever. And I knew the whole time. I was like, he doesn't have her fooled in the slightest. And but I was But you're supposed right. to think she might. Yeah, and I have too much faith in Willow for that to have worked on me. But, and then when she like got too close and he tried to grab at her and she took her step back and said, now I know. I, I know that's a quote, but I, I care more about it in the impact it had on the scene than as a quote itself. Yeah. And I just like, I was so stoked for the way she handled that so fucking excellently. And it, it yeah, it was just, it was a great, well yeah. done scene. Yeah. And he was so frustrated and she outsmarted him in a better way than I thought she was going to. Yeah. And I knew she was going to, so. Yeah. It was a really good scene for that, for Willow. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other kids come and they chase Willow and then Buffy comes in and saves them. And then we cut to this random family <laughs> where the mom and dad are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a little cut of, of humor in this like really intense episode. It was a good break. I didn't say she looks better than you. I said she looks better. And that, I didn't write that down as one of my favorite quotes, but. I didn't either, I, but I did laugh at it. Yeah, I chuckled. And then Buffy lures Xander and the other kids I did the like zoo. how it used the, uh, it was the zookeeper, right? That mm -hmm. said, like, they can call your name mm -hmm. to, like, trick you. And they started doing that. I guess mm -hmm. I could have said that in the last scene, too, because they tried to do that with Willow. It just didn't work. Yeah. Um, but they did that with... I think his name was Joe or Jake. I, I didn't definitely write, I didn't, didn't write him yeah, down. <laughs> I didn't write it down either. But I remembered them like calling, like we'll say it was Jake for the ease of convenience. But they were yeah. like, Jake. Yeah. And like, he like totally looked like, what? Like, and then Tomorrow. I mean, they didn't need to because they just fucking jumped in the car anyway. But yeah, I liked that it was a callback to a thing that happened earlier. Buffy leads them back to the zoo and we find out that the zookeeper is totally evil. He tries to, or he knocks Giles out and he tries to kill Willow. Xander saves her at the end. They push him into the hyena pit, right? Mm -hmm. Then that whole thing is over and... I didn't like that resolution. No. I didn't like them pushing him into the hyena pit because it didn't feel like there was any reason the hyenas would attack someone who had, had absorbed enchanted. their power. Yeah, or yeah whatever, whatever you want to say. So I was dissatisfied with that. I will admit that when Willow was running in that scene before, I clicked the button to pause it to see how much time was left on the episode and was blown away. There were only nine minutes left because I was like, they haven't resolved anything. <laughs> and they didn't. Their resolution was, was about 30 seconds. Oh, long. yeah. It was real quick. Like, oh, and we're done. All right. 
Yeah. And then the episode is tied up with Xander lying about having amnesia and Giles pointing out that he lied, but promising not to tell the other girls, um, which... And luckily, Xander hanging his head in shame. Yeah. And I will admit that I think if Giles had known about what happened between Xander and Buffy, he might have been a little less willing to keep Xander's secret. Probably. But yeah. And then that's the end of the episode. It's time to move on to our pop quiz. All right. Question number one. What's your favorite zoo animal? Red pandas. Red pandas? Yeah. Do we have red pandas at the Denver Zoo? Last time I went, we had like two. I don't know if they're still there. I don't and they were new. I remember that when I saw them the first time there, they were new at some point when we were in high school, so 15 years ago. I think I missed the panda exhibit. I went to the zoo two days ago. Just super relevant. Or super I don't know if they're near the pandas. Once again, it's been like... No, but I didn't see bears. It's been like 12 years at least since I've been there. I don't know if they're with bears because red pandas look like little raccoons. Yeah. I didn't see That's them. That's why they're my favorite, because raccoons are my favorite animal. <laughs> okay. and, they're, and they're just a raccoon I get to see at the zoo. My favorite zoo animal is probably a wolf, but I also didn't see wolves when I went to the zoo this past weekend. What'd you see? I saw, I mean, I saw giraffes. I saw elephants. We saw monkeys. I do like, really like going to see the seals and the polar bears, too. That's yeah, actually one of my favorite exhibits. Yeah, the polar bears were there, and I was super sad, but the sea lion was out for a second, which was super exciting. And then we got to see the hippo playing with the ball, which was pretty fun. We That's also saw an anteater that was kind of cute, but it was mostly the hippo and the sea lion. That was cute. Question number two. Were you a fan of dodgeball in school? I wasn't good at it, but I had fun playing when it happened. I've since learned that that was not the case for you, <laughs> yeah. apparently. But <laughs> I forgot no, I wrote I... this as a pop quiz question, but dodgeball was like the bane of my existence as a child. I mean, oh. gym was the bane of my well, existence as I a mean, child. I mean, but... I generally had a bad time in gym, depending on what was going on, but... I wish gym had been canceled for <laughs> <us>. <laughs> No, I never had a problem with dodgeball. If anything, it was the best sport because I knew what was going on at all points in time. As opposed to like when I had to go play kickball and no one explained to me how if at all that was different from baseball and I didn't really understand baseball that well (laughs) so people were just yelling at me all the time and I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing oh see and I liked kickball yeah I hated kickball when I was a freshman in high school I had to take a mandatory well it it was either team sports or weightlifting and I was weak so I chose team sports and I didn't know how to play most of them and often my team was mad at me (laughs) because I didn't know what was going on most of the time or where I needed to be and people that are real into sports are not good at communicating when it's someone that doesn't already have a basic like I think if like if I showed up with a game plan and knew the basics they would be great at communicating because that's a huge part of sports right but when I didn't know the basics they were frustrated with me right which I think is interesting because like if you flip that it's one of those things where like if someone is new to D&D we sit there and we break it down and we explain the rules to them so that they can have fun mm-hmm. but I will spend an hour teaching you how to play Magic the Gathering and not lose any patience because I want you to have fun playing this game I like to play yeah and yet like a lot of kids in my experience when trying to learn sports because I was also terrible at sports um I was okay at badminton Again, there's a reason. you how to work that shuttlecock. <laughs> there's a reason Jim was canceled because we don't do sports here. <laughs> but yeah, they would not explain the rules to me and I was not coordinated at all and nobody had any patience. And so I was just miserable and I knew I was going to fail and I had a horrible time. Mm-hmm. Whereas if someone had been patient with me the way that you were when you taught me how to play D&D and how like Dean is teaching me how to play Halo and other console games or PC games, I like have a better time, you know, because I'm an expert 
extrovert. And so having that human interaction and having that connection helps me. And in fact, that's why I like watching football now is someone finally sat down and explained the rules to me and it became a social thing where I could enjoy it. But football is the only sport I'll watch. Other, than, I mean, I kind of enjoy baseball every now and then. But I, I have a better understanding of football now. I still fucking hate watching it. It's so boring. To each their own. Yeah, <laughs> Question number three. Did you know the zookeeper was going to be evil? Yeah, I actually did call this one. Yeah. Yeah, because why the fuck else would that symbol have been written there in the beginning? <laughs> that was the giveaway. Yeah. The writing was on the floor, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was the closest thing to a twist I could come up with. No, it though. was totally a twist. Um, And like there was there were points where I was questioning it, but I did and I didn't call it right then i was like some some there's some foul play here because once again someone had to draw this ritual symbol on the floor for the Mm -hmm. curse to happen in the beginning but i guess i didn't necessarily peg the uh the zookeeper right away i did before the reveal though i didn't write this down but what are your thoughts on principal flutie dying i'm actually really sad by it i didn't like him disappointed about babo yeah i am (laughs) disappointed about babo Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I hated him a lot in episode one, and he didn't exactly redeem himself in my eyes, but, like, he wasn't a bad person, he was just a principal doing his job, and, uh, I mean, I got the vibe that he, with the exception of Buffy, actually cared about the students he interacted with, you know, mandatory therapy, like, that, I think that's actually a good thing for... Yeah, I was going to say, I think he um, even cared about Buffy, just not... He was just a dick about it, either way, like, and even, like, in this episode, he was, like cool other than the fact that he had to be punishing troublemakers which once again is his job like he mm-hmm. would just be a trash principal if he wasn't doing something about the murder that took place right plus oh he bought herbert yeah he did he brought herbert in i fucking loved herbert yeah. um no i'm actually really sad even though i didn't like his hypocrisy uh of tearing up a permanent record and then taping it back together <laughs> that's not that shouldn't be a death sentence by any means. So I was, when I you was, were like talking smack in the first episode, I was like, well, he dies soon. So <laughs> <laughs> let, it, let it go. <laughs> I didn't say that because yeah. obviously that would be a huge spoiler. Yeah, no, I would, I, I'm glad I didn't know that he died going into this because I, I didn't think they would do it. That was a bold move. I was like, that's like, that's one of those things, like talking about filler episodes and stuff. Everything about this is a filler episode, except the fact that that's huge. <laughs> like every episode after this is not going to have him. And I don't think he's going to come back. Talking about me never believing death is permanent. Dude got ate by hyena people. <laughs> like, well, I will not tell you yeah. if he comes back or not. That's fine. I just, I don't think he's going to. But I will confirm that he died. <laughs> Um, <laughs> question number four. Question number four. Do you think Xander is redeemable at this point? Ah, uh, that's a deep question. I'm going to need a second to think about it. Because as we've kind of mentioned, he has declined rapidly every episode um, and felt differently each episode, but also yeah, just like, like declined. So that's the thing is, yeah, I do. Um, I, it's not often that someone is beyond redemption in my book. Um, I mean, it has to be earned if truly terrible things have happened. This episode is hard to use as evidence against him for anything because some sort of mind control or possession was at play. Correct. And I have voiced feelings that I think these were inner desires of his, but... Like, but you don't think for a second he would actually consider trying to do that to Buffy. Exactly. Like, that's like, I think it's not fair to blame him for something that's making his instincts take over. Because we've talked about that you can't 
fault him for being attracted to Buffy. You can't fault anyone for being attracted to anyone. That's not a fair thing to be mad about. That is human nature. And if there's an external force forcing him to act out desires he has in a completely terrible way, I can't in good consciousness hold that against him, especially because at the end it did show that he felt remorse for it. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as like if he was on drugs or alcohol. Like he yeah, was exactly. fully possessed. Which... Yeah, like even then, like it, I think I, like that wouldn't make it okay if he was on drugs or alcohol. Right. But I think there would be a conversation to be had there as opposed to someone who of clear ma- mind just went into a room and did something like that. Right. I mean, he ate a live pig. <laughs> like, yeah. Like immediately beforehand. Yeah, exactly. So like it's like these other fucking jerkwads did eat a human being. Like I don't as much as I think it was playing on his inner desires, like I don't think they wanted to eat a dude before they were possessed. Right. I don't think they wanted to eat the principal at all. Yeah, so I don't think anything that happened in this episode will put him beyond redemption for me for those very specific reasons. I think he's been a shithead. And I think that when he wasn't possessed this episode, he was portrayed as heroic and a good guy. He ran in to, like, save a kid from getting bullied and potentially murdered. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He did save Willow right at the end and didn't... There wasn't a beat missed. He became conscious, saw Willow in danger, moved. And I think that those are great things, but I think they're out of character for him. And that makes it frustrating. Right. Because I don't think he would have done those things in the previous episodes. Like, he's been shown to be somewhat cowardly. Like, not extremely. He still goes into dangerous places to help his vampire slayer friend. But he's not the forefront of defense that he was at the end of this episode or at the beginning. Although... Arguably, he did go with Buffy to save Jesse, even though he didn't have to and was not told to. I agree, but he... I don't think that's the same, I guess, is what I'm going to say. Maybe. Like, he... Because that's what I said. He put himself in dangerous situations. He wasn't the front line of defense. Correct. When they went down there and ran into vampires, he didn't jump to go defend Buffy, who is more than capable of defending herself. And I mean, obviously, he did score off with Jesse in the end, and that did take some heroics. But I think he was more, more, more on ready the to be. A, yeah, he was just more heroically portrayed this episode, yeah, as opposed to someone who was standing up in tough situations before. Yeah, and then question number five: most nineties thing you noticed? I have two. That's good because I have zero. Do you? I did not write anything down for this, and I wow should have. What are you doing? Apparently sleeping. (laughs) Jesus. Well, we know you didn't like this episode. I I really, really didn't like this episode. First was the Buffy accused Giles of trying to scully her. Oh, that should have been. I noticed that and I meant to write that down. That would have been my 90s thing. Because even though I know who Scully is. It's it's not at the forefront of pop culture now. Yeah, it was a very 90s pop culture reference. it's, It's a reference a lot of people would get today. It's a reference everyone would have gotten watching this when it came out. And then uh, the other one I have written was uh, near the end when they're trying to figure out how, how to like reverse the ritual. And uh, Giles is pouring through book after book after book trying to figure out what to do to reverse this uh, this trans transpondence, I think they called it. I don't remember the word something they used. Something like that. Transpossession. Something like Ooh, that. Ooh, transpossession. I think that's what it was. Anyway, and I was like, I feel like in a modern TV show, they would have had the character in Giles's position just Google African animal rituals. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and something would have come up on some, like, dark web website or something. 
Yeah. Um, like, obviously, that's not something that would be super Googleable IRL, but I think if it was set today, they would have just had him Google it, and instead he had to do real research through old-ass books. So those were my two 90s nice. things. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, that's all I had for the pop quiz. So now we're moving on to character development. So I wrote down three uh, things, and I have more than that, but I wrote down three things. But I want fine. you to go first. My first thing, Cordelia. Not in this episode. Yes. <laughs> not even in appearance. Yes, I do have, as our no-shows, I have Cordelia written down, Joyce written down. Who's Joyce? Buffy's mom. <laughs> Sorry, Buffy's mom didn't make an appearance. There was no master. There was no Darla. There was no anointed one. Um, and then oh, no yeah. Amy, Blaine, or Owen. I or other kids at the school. was really thrown off. I was writing something down during the very end scene. Mm-hmm. And fucking Hulu just started the next episode for oh, me. No. <laughs> and so I saw the first like five seconds of the next episode. And it was mm. just Darla walking in and saying something to the master. I don't even know what she said. Mm. But like I was like thrown off. And I thought I was getting a like a cliffhanger real quick at the end. Oh, no. To, like, I was like, oh, is something happening? And I was like, no, wait. I think I heard the credit music for a second. And I paused it. And it was like 20 seconds oh, in. No. And I was like, back, back, back. <laughs> So they weren't in it, but they, they kind of were for me. <laughs> they were not in it. And then, so the recurring characters that we had were Buffy, Giles, Xander, Willow, and Principal Flutie. The new characters that we had that were given names were Kyle, Lance, and Herbert. I wrote down gym teacher, but I don't think he got a name. So I don't know that we should include him. Uh, I don't think he did either. So I'm not going to include him. All right, fuck him. <laughs> so the only new characters we had were Kyle, Lance, and Herbert. Was Lance new? I got it in my head that he, and I I don't feel strongly about this and I didn't check. I felt like they had brought up a character named Lance before, like it's just some dude they knew or like something similar to like a small Jesse-esque role. But I don't, I don't know where I would have seen, where that would have happened. But I, I just felt like I had seen him already and I don't know where that would have been. Yeah, I don't think he was in it at all. I don't remember him being in any previous episodes. He hasn't been mentioned yeah. in this segment, so yeah. we're going to call enough. him new. Kyle looked super familiar to me, but I think it's because he kind of reminded me of like Paul Rudd, but it wasn't Paul Rudd. I would maybe see it if I looked at him again. I don't even remember which one Kyle was. He was the well. There were two dudes and two chicks, and the he was the, the dark-haired pack, dude, right? Yeah. The one who looked kind of like Paul. Uh, uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you. I kind of like treated that whole group as one character in this episode, which they kind of were. And, Kyle's like, the only one who got a name. Yeah, and you could show me any of them right now in the outfit they were in in the episode, and I would like maybe recognize one of the girls, but I can't even promise that. Once again, they showed up, and I was like, "These guys suck," and then yeah. they continued to suck through the whole episode. Yeah. Well, and I feel like they're gonna get away with eating the principal and i like yeah. from this episode and i was like that's i don't murder. know how they feel <laughs> uh, i did uh i probably should have brought this up earlier but i wrote down why didn't they call the police <laughs> that I one almost, they should have called the police on. <laughs> yeah like i almost never have a feeling like that during a show like this because I'm always like, what are the cops going to do? They're vampires. They're <laughs> werewolves. Whatever. Like they, These were some punk kids who that, killed a principal. Yeah, and ate his flesh. Yeah. Of all the times where I'm like, okay. like Especially because like, even though Buffy and her clique knew something supernatural was going on, no one else did. And it was very public. But they that, blamed it on wild dogs breaking in. Did they? Yeah, That's Giles ins- mentions that after his staff meeting. I think I think you're right. I because I remember hearing that and being like, so they are going to get away with this. Jesus Christ. I mean, once again, they were possessed, I guess. So maybe it's 
No, like, I don't know. Oh, I mean, like, if we're going to excuse Xander, then... Exactly. I was like, that's kind of a double standard if we don't excuse them. But once again, it's murder. Yeah. And also... They were jerks to begin with. Well, they do at least have to live with that in their conscience for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So that could be punishment enough. Yeah. Depending on if they're really bad people or not. And then we already discussed that you loved Herbert. I loved Herbert. Was he your favorite character of the episode? Yes. The second he showed up and his with his fucking razor back on his back <laughs> and his, I think he's wearing a football helmet. Yeah. With his, I little, loved him. With his little tusks that was, Principal oh. Flutie put on him. I was, I wrote down that I know something bad's going to happen to <laughs> Herbert and I'm not ready for that emotional damage. <laughs> and then after he got eight in all caps, I wrote, I will murder Xander. <laughs> He's definitely I, not your favorite character anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. I was so upset. Those, I'm sorry. I, oh, he was adorable. I'm sorry. It's okay. I did kind of want to watch this episode with you because of Principal Flutie dying. Because um, I feel like that was a huge development for him. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> I wanted to see your reaction to it. Very big character it. arc. <laughs> but I also am glad that I didn't get to see it because... I, I didn't know how you felt about it. Part of me was like, maybe he's just gonna be like, man, whatever. But you definitely felt strongly about it. So not as strongly about is about Herbert, but yeah. Well, you didn't like Bobo when you met him, and you immediately liked Herbert. Oh so. yeah, Herbert could have done no wrong. He could have <laughs> gone on a killing spree. I'd have been like, oh, he's so cute. Secretly, the pig was behind the whole thing. Yeah. I think that this was a huge character development episode for Willow. I agree. I thought this was a Xander-based episode, and it kind of was. But really, I feel like he didn't develop because he was possessed most of the yeah, episode. Yeah, no, he definitely had no development. He was, once again, written differently. But definitely just, like, he was just the villain of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, they didn't yeah. want to bring Lance back. Or Blaine back, not Bl- Lance. Blaine. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have had the same effect if it was Blaine. Well, it could have been Blaine instead of Kyle. But, That's true. No. But Blaine was not really a bully. Yeah. He was just kind of a gross boy. And he's just hot for teacher. Yeah. but And his dad owned a dealership. <laughs> his dad was a lawyer. It, he's the same character. <laughs> Any character whose dad owns a dealership also is the character whose dad is a lawyer. It's all the same thing. Okay. I do kind of wish that they had brought back Amy or Blaine or Owen be, like on the field trip even just like as a cameo walk by or something you know i i didn't think about it but i that would have been nice i agree but like they didn't which is I, it's fine it didn't take away from the episode or anything i just Probably i have, saved them some money yeah i have them written down as like characters we've talked about in the past so yeah. i think that they could have been and cordelia like you said she wasn't in it i don't know if it's <laughs> just not there that day but yeah. yeah she didn't make an appearance at all and this is the first episode hey, where girl, she doesn't sorry, show you're not up getting paid this week yeah yeah i also noticed that that's why I noticed she wasn't there. I was like, she's been in every episode. Yeah, she is listed on IMDb as credit only, which I don't... Which means she didn't get paid that much. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's true. I, don't know, I assume but, so. But this was a huge, huge episode. We finally get to see Willow does for sure have feelings for Xander, though they've been hedging that this whole time. And we really get to see her insecurities about it and how she like immediately wasn't like there's something wrong with Xander the way Buffy was like there's something wrong with Xander. Willow was like there's something wrong with me and I feel that <laughs> in the worst way and I just want to hug her but also remember 
always being like this person's personality has changed and it's not because of them it's because of me whereas like that wasn't true in this situation and I feel like that means that it probably wasn't true when I was in high school you know I think you're right so I thought that was interesting but we also got to see more of Willow's cleverness not just with computers and books and stuff but also with Xander and his treatment of her and the way he tried to manipulate her and she was like I know you I know what's going on right now you're not smart enough to do this essentially so yeah once again that was my favorite scene of the whole episode by a lot for those reasons i think the last like three episodes we've done i've said that willow is like my favorite character in my mind Mm -hmm. but so not present that i can't list her list her as my favorite um i just like i it's almost like she was more potentially my favorite than actually my favorite so it's nice to actually see her so would she be your runner-up favorite next to herbert yeah (laughs) this episode yeah and then we saw more of buffy doing her book smart deductive research skills where she proves dr gregory correctly and like if she puts her mind to something she can make it happen i liked that and i like that giles inadvertently gave her a chance to do that without his help yeah so then now we move on to Favorite moments, favorite quotes, and surprise moments. I wrote down a quote that I don't even know that I liked, but I just noted it when they were talking about Angel at the Bronze and Buffy said, he's a honey. Mm. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. I don't dislike that. Even with the age gap, like it's fine to be into someone. No, that's fine. I just don't know that I like the term, he's a honey. Feels like a 90s thing. (laughs) It must be. I think it is, but... That, that, it doesn't bother me at all. I feel like there's so many different phrases that say that exact same sentence. Yeah. I liked Giles when he said, so Xander is teasing the less fortunate (laughs) instead of saying Xander's bullying people. (laughs) I missed that, but I did like the follow-up when she was complaining about him and he said, ah... So he's become a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down immediately after that, testosterone is a great equalizer. It turns all men into morons. Yeah. And I was like, geez, Giles, how do you really feel? He's right. I mean, I don't disagree, but I liked uh, that line too. Yeah, he's turned he's turned into a 16-year-old boy. We'll have to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Giles, I'm being serious. And he's like, me too. Except for the part about killing him. Yeah. God, this game is brutal. Yeah, that was... I love it. I was like, I was like, geez, what a creepy gym teacher. Yeah, it felt like just like a <laughs> characterized gym teacher. Yeah. It was like, he's arguably just a cartoon character for that scene, right? Yeah, like pretty much. Not, I don't think that was creepy as much as just... He was like, it's raining, so I have to put up with the kids inside, so we're going to play dodgeball, and I'm just going to stand here and let you kids break the rules and beat up on some poor kid. Yeah, I still... I know we talked about it already, it's but... It's weird. I also liked, and I guess out of context, it's not as great of a quote, but when Willow was like, what are you going to do? And Giles just dejectedly was like, get my books, look stuff up. Because <laughs> Buffy had been like, Giles, get your books, look stuff up. And then like he found out that he was wrong. And then that happened. I liked that a lot. And then Buffy, when she was dragging Xander in, she said, I hit him. And Willow said, with what? And Buffy's like, a desk. I know this is a Willow quote, but I don't remember what it was in response to. But she said, good, that'll show him. Oh, when, <laughs> when Giles said that, Kyle and his friends got sent to the principal's office. 
Yeah. And Willow was like, good, that'll show him. Yeah. And then Giles, like, still looks heartbroken. And she's like, did that show him? <laughs> that's when he had to tell her that Principal Flutie was eaten. Yeah, that's that's what it was. And Willow was like, but Xander was with you, right, Buffy? And I was like, Principal Flutie got eaten by people, Willow. Yeah. Focus. <laughs> yeah. You need to care more about that than... <laughs> Whether, I mean, I guess you still I need mean, to care whether the guy you're into did it. Yeah. But. And then I wrote, your secret dies with me. Shoot me, stuff me, mount me. So yeah. I was like, all right. A little weird, but I guess I get it. Now that brings us to the analysis point of this episode. Uh, I want to really briefly, as we kind of already touched on, I really didn't like this episode. I... After watching this episode and Teacher's Pet, I looked at the rest of the season and there's only one more that I don't even know that I would say that I don't like, but it's not one that I usually revisit. I tend to skip it and I'm not a huge fan of it, though I think it's a really important episode and I am excited to go over it in this podcast. But this is my last icky season one episode. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's so close to episode four with just one in between because they were both pretty rough to get through. Yeah, but the rest of this season, for the most part, I think you're going to really enjoy. I really enjoy a lot of the next episodes, so. This one was rough for a few reasons, obviously, the super dark parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I just, like, as far as, like, a, a villain of the week goes, like, I, I, random hyenas. <laughs> yeah, it was a like, weird episode. Plot? Yeah. I really, I really, I skipped this episode. I know I said that about Teacher's Pet a lot, too, but I think I've maybe watched this episode four times total in my whole life. I believe that. Um, mm, I guess I'd say five, because I've watched it now for this. I watched it with my best friend when I watched uh, the show with her. I watched it with my husband when I watched it with him. So I probably watched it, like, twice on my own ever, because it's just, like, once you see it, you're like, I don't want to see that again. (laughs) Or at least that was my experience, so. I definitely understand. Um, And then as far as, like, the metaphors and stuff, I wrote down, like, maybe peer pressure or, like, boys can be cruel. I don't really know. So Uh, I was curious about your thoughts. I took it as a metaphor for when someone, like, finds a new, like, clique in high Mm. school that they get along with that causes them to like outcast their previous friend group yeah so someone they bond with over you know different things than people they were already friends with causing a sort of rift between them and definitely like in this specific metaphor like it'd be like hanging out with someone who was a bully but you found out when they weren't bullying you you like enjoyed the same stuff they did you like connected over something and then later you started just spending time with them instead of your other friends and then because you were around them all the time you started acting like a bully because they do and it's any type of behavior good or bad can be really infectious when you're spending a lot of time with someone and i do think that i personally saw that in high school i did saw and experienced yeah and i think it's a thing that you see in tv a lot as well um and i think that was really clearly the metaphor they were going for here and the the monster to be defeated if you will okay no i like Um, that oh and i think also like just part of like puberty hitting men specifically because mm-hmm. men definitely get more aggressive and a little stupider when they hit puberty which giles does call out yeah exactly so, so that makes it an easier metaphor to track yeah but I, I think that's what they were going no i like that and that's a good point um i just i don't know why i just couldn't think of anything for this episode probably because, because it was, was for the male perspective yeah. i think um, i was too busy thinking about how much yeah. i hated this episode because usually I don't notice the metaphors like that the way you do. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it was like a light in my face with this episode and you had a hard time tracking it. I think it was just a, a perspective thing. Well, because like for me, it's like something important to note is, I guess, so like the takeaway, I guess I would say, is like 
when it comes to being be careful who your friends are because their behavior even if you don't condone it reflects on you and it can easily turn you into someone you don't recognize. And also, you don't have to be friends with someone to be kind to them. Because like, yeah. even if Xander was tired of being friends with Willow, he didn't have to be a jerk the way that he was in this episode. Which, again, he was possessed. He's not done being friends with Willow. Everything's fine or whatever. But like, he wasn't friends with Lance, but he was still planning to go in and like have Lance's back. And it's, it's not hard to be that kind of person, I think. So, yeah, good. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for taking this episode and giving it a positive spin it was way easier for me to do that with teacher's pet but first i just i really had a hard time with this episode so um any final thoughts on the episode um i think i have a few so there was a scene that i also really disliked that we kind of we completely glossed over and i forgot about when the pack is going through the uh outside the school during lunchtime and they go steal those hot dogs from those kids yeah and that guy's like not cool man yeah well so like first off i really disliked that scene because those dudes clearly have talked with xander about shit before and were like kind of glad he was there because they wanted his input on something yeah and he stole their food ate part of it put it back and then walked on it yeah <laughs> like a fucking dick yeah uh and it, like i like like those dudes handled it really well they also had that stonery vibe that he had in episode one yeah so they, they're that... the ones who he got the skateboard from yeah and exactly he borrowed it and so he had to give it back yeah we'll <laughs> that's my this, new yeah that's we'll my new head whole... cannon perfect we'll build this whole world <laughs> anyway yeah and like even like that was even like a stonery response like oh dude yeah not cool moon yeah uh so i disliked that scene for that reason but also they were like hey man you've listened to wretched refuse before what do you think of the guy that plays lead and so i was like well now i want to know what i think of the guy that plays lead for wretched refuse oh no i can't find them oh no yeah i looked up (laughs) they're not real (laughs) maybe i don't know i looked up just the words and like i got like a definition and like a like couple political speeches the phrase was used in and so i added band to it and like I got like a band camp thing, but like that wouldn't have been around in 97. No. And like, so I, yeah, I don't know. You know the band, Wretched Refuse. Please send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, link them to us. Stosh really wants to hear them. I do. I need to know what I think of their lead. <laughs> and then the other thing I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to was during the ending climax when they needed to go reverse the trans possession when giles runs in and starts talking to the zookeeper and he's all in his makeup and he's just like oh yeah that's a good idea be in the (laughs) ceremonial garb genius giles is not street smart well so i don't think i fully understand this ritual or they did a bad job explaining it or expanding on it i don't know Mm -hmm. what the word i'm looking for is he was like he was like oh of course you need an a predatory action to like trigger the thing like he walked up and beat the fuck out of giles why wouldn't that just work and like i guess he needed to steal it from the teens who already had it Yeah, i think that's what it was that was never implied like i don't like why would these hyenas not be able to give it out multiple times also like like was it one hyena that gave it to five people and then one dude that stole it from all five of those people because like that's no because hyenas have packs so yeah so that's why i was so why maybe there was one in there that didn't i don't know yeah it just it felt sloppy to me yeah and after he beat the fuck out of giles then he grabs willow it was weird how she was like going along with it and she was like oh okay this is how the ritual works <laughs> I was like, I appreciated that naivety in her character. <laughs> it was very on point. Yeah. On brand. Just like, no resistance until the and even the, oh, you're going to pretend to slit my throat and it'll be the predatory action. Yeah, something like that. I just, I don't know. It, it just, it didn't feel coherent as, as magic should be. Like, the, it just didn't feel consistent. I don't disagree with you. I, I agree. 
I actually thought that during that part, but didn't write it down. Yeah, so. that's fine. It was it was the it was just the other thing I wanted to talk about because I was like this. Yeah, once again, stealing it from five people into one, and then having the hyenas eat the one dude who's absorbed their power, and because it, it's like I don't know, like couldn't what if he got a batch that it had already been taken from? If only one person could take it, right? Right. I don't know. So maybe they had to like recharge. I don't know. All right, I have one, and it's it's not relevant to the episode at all, except for the fact that it's a hyena episode. Um. One of the books that I really enjoyed as a child was The Immortals Quartet by Tamora Pierce. And in the third book, there's a lot of uh, interaction with some hyenas. And because of that, I found out that hyenas are a matriarchy species. I think I knew that. So it's interesting to me that one of the girl students didn't become like the leader, which my guess is they just didn't put that much research into it, or they didn't know that about hyenas back in 1997, possibly. I don't know. Well, I Joss just... Whedon has a female lead in his show. He can only give him so much power. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we finish anything, Jess, did we get any messages or emails? Yeah. Something exciting that happened shortly after we released our first episode was we got our first listener message. Um, shout out to Jan on Facebook who gave us a little bit of insight. They let us know that there was this thing back when Buffy came out called Buffy Speak and uh, they couldn't really describe it to us because it's turned into regular culture verbiage, but What's the Sitch actually came from this show. So it's interesting that you used that in your 90s speak because it came from Buffy in 1997. Um, so th it's that's really cool. It was also the first show on network TV to use the serialized format instead of each episode beginning with a reset um, with no permanent effect of anything that happened. So that's kind of cool. Things like Buffy getting the necklace or the leather jacket from Angel transferring to other episodes. That's not something that used to be super common back then, it sounds like. And then the internet was nothing like the internet as we know it today. Google as a verb wasn't a thing. Things like that. Um, and I then, do remember that about the past. Yeah. I remember before Google was a thing. And then in season one, episode one, we talked about uh, Xander picking up the stake and being like, see something, say something. Um, this was way before Columbine happened. And so people could just walk into the school. No one worried about weapons. It just wasn't. Oh, that's a great point. Something that people thought about. And I didn't it didn't occur to me about that. Yeah, either. Columbine happened when we were so young, you younger than me. Obviously. Yeah, 1999. Yeah. So um, I, was gonna say, I remember that day uh, I came home from school and my mom was just like on the floor bawling. Yeah. In front of the TV. But uh, it's um, it's it's hard to remember that that wasn't a concern before then. Yeah. So it's something that we would be like, it's so weird that Buffy had a stake and Xander didn't care. Like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, because no. Nobody yeah. even thought that Buffy was going to use that stake on a student, I guess, even though like there were a lot of dead kids. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thank you so much, Jan, for giving us all of that information. I think that that's stuff that we really would love to continue to share on our podcast. So if anyone else has more tidbits, please message us. Yeah, thank you very much. It was super fun to hear from you. We'd love to continue to hear from you and anyone else. And if you would like to reach us, you can do so through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at jimscancelledpod at gmail.com. Also, we want to do some appreciation. I would like to thank you, Stosh, for doing all of the editing on <laughs> all of our episodes because it's definitely really a lot of work and I'm loving this and I'm hoping that our listeners are loving it too. Well, thank um, you. And I just really appreciate all of the effort you put in. And then I also want to do a shout out to my niece, Lily, and give appreciation to her because she is the 
artist behind our logo. Um, and so thank you, Lily. And the next episode that we're doing is going to be season one, episode seven, titled Angel. Do you have any Angel. Pred- <laughs> Do you have any predictions or anything for that episode or future episodes? Yeah, I think Angel's gonna show up. <laughs> uh, if I had to guess, probably with a pack of werewolves. Ooh, we're bringing werewolves <laughs> yeah, in eventually. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> I, well, hopefully we get into his backstory and I actually know something about him, but maybe not. That'll be my prediction. Okay. He's going to show up and be a werewolf. Okay, cool. Well, we will discuss it in our next episode. And until then, stay sunny, Slayers. like a german werewolf or russian one of the two who uh was on who went to like trial or whatever and he swore that werewolves were sent from heaven to like fight demons in hell in real life yeah oh and that when they all died they went back to heaven and i was like that's fucking cool (laughs) i don't know that's kind of terrifying i don't know how i feel about that